Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, two of the best guys, two of the best friends you'll find in Boston sports media. Now two of the best actors I found out because this is our second take of the intro. Because lo and behold, when you have the NBC Sports Boston's camera guys on, you're going to have some camera issues. But Glenn Gleason, fight through it. Bill Moose Messina. I've been hyping this episode for weeks, so hopefully you are also two of the best guests we have here in the Pats Interference Podcast, brought to you by Vandal, the exclusive wagering part of the CLNS Media Network. And now, Moose, then I know what you're going to do. I'm just going to lay out for a proper camera guys intro. Oh, stand by, because we have our walk-up song. I don't know if you know, but that's it. We're contracted to hold on. This is our theme music. Excellent. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why should the players be the only ones that have walk-up music? Like, I think everybody should have walk-up songs in their life. Like, yeah. you know, you're walking into work. Maybe you're just going into Dunkin' Donuts. Whatever. You should have, everybody should have a chance to have their own walk-up song. So As long as you're just... not like Peter Griffin with the tuba in Family Guy. The pop, pop, pop. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. And I feel like there should be different walk-up songs for what we're doing, right? Like me coming on the podcast is different than kind of going into Gillette right. or Bill walking into a Wednesday morning press. There's probably different than Belichick going out on a Sunday ready to call a game. Like it, it should yeah. be mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's either the Imperial March in Star Wars for those Wednesday <laughs> pressers. <laughs> They're literally, by the way, people don't realize, right? A- Andrew, I don't know if you've ever told this, but while we're waiting for Bill to come into a press conference, the like smoke comes, the door opens, stormtroopers come in, they shoot lasers at us, anything to just like and then Bill just kind of gives us all that like chokehold. You know, don't speak till I don't speak till I speak. Well, actually, then he, he knocks down all the microphones. Then he does that. Yeah. 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 Look, I uh, I'm glad you're saying that, not me, because I've taken enough lasers in my direction from saying things about Bill like that that have not gone so well this yeah. season. But hey, it's three and eleven. We're here for some levity, though, some story time with you guys who have been on the sideline for years, as I heard it from Glenn. Friends together since 99. Moose leaves at 2001 for Fox Sports. Then that mulled together and you guys reunite in 09 at Comcast, New England Sports Network, whatever it was too long, and now you are NBC Synergy. Sports Boston's camera guys, where you should find them on Twitter, Bill Belichick, impersonations, Matt Patricia, one-on-ones. You just get a different glimpse at guys, especially players, kind of hanging out with you too, which, hell, you might get a different version of me here in this episode. Um, so give them a follow. And I, uh, I'm i still thinking about that walk-up thing. I always had my answer when I met Fenway, pondering that. And it's I think it's Nelly, oh, Here man. Comes the Boom. Like, I don't think there oh, could nice. be a better oh, there you go. song than that. But what, what are uh, – if you had individual walk-up songs to this podcast, what are, you, what are you choosing? Is it the one we just played? Oh, boy. I mean, I'm going to go back to my hockey background, and I'm probably going to do YYZ by Rush because it's instrumental and it's really – gets you very adrenalized. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say just after all the 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 weekend activities with Kansas City, I would probably go Taylor Swift. I'm the problem. It's me. That would be my walk up. That would be my walk up song. Yeah, fitting, fitting. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Well, your job in in a different way is, I think, similar to the rest of ours, where you try to bring people places they cannot be and show them things that they cannot see. And you do this in a way that, look, there are like 40 people out of practice and we're all looking at Mac Jones's ankle last year or why he's holding two footballs this year in the middle of like a slump um, and obviously getting benched. And I just, I have to tell you, I'm so impressed with those details that you pick up on. In addition to like the, the videos that become fun and show what kind of side of the players that, like I just mentioned, you guys seem to bring out when, again, 50 of us, 100 eyeballs out there watching the same thing and you you spot something different. So whether it's one of those moments or just in any of the years you've been on the sidelines at Gillette or the Garden or wherever you've been, can you just tell us each the last moment where you just go, I love my effing job so much? <laughs> hey, Moose, you take it away. Oh, well, so I had surgery. I was out for a while. And I've been to every single stadium except for one, Dallas. So, like, every time the Patriots went there in the old stadium – the Red Sox were in playoffs, so Glenn and I, we were doing a playoff run and all that. So I had never been to the Cowboys stadium. And as a kid, you know, the Patriots were, like, not good, right? People don't remember that. But before, they weren't good now, and then, then they used to not be good. So it was like the Cowboys loved the Cowboys. So going to that stadium, I admit it, I went out to the star. You know, I didn't T.O. it. Uh, well, maybe I did a little <laughs> bit, but you know what I mean? Like I did a little, you know, like this was, yeah, this is that, awesome. Like this that's is what I was going to say, Andrew. Bucket list. Like, I, um, I was like, I was doing other stuff and it was, it's funny. Cause like, you know, listen, we act like idiots, you know, we just have fun. And it was just so funny to see him like, like literally like a little kid with this big shit eating grin on his face, like doing the selfie. I was like, man, that's, that's like, that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know what? A lot of the stuff is a real grind and you're away from your family. Like you understand, but like, that was a thing where I was like, yeah, man, he, he's in his groove. And like, I'm not, I'm not like a football lunatic. Like he is like, I'm a hockey guy. Um, so that like, I am to hockey what he is to football, and I haven't been to the original stadiums, but I have covered every original Bruins playing every original six team in their arenas, and Bill's been to some of those too. But that those are the things where it's like, yeah, you know what? Like this is this is the good stuff that it makes a lot of the sacrifice that you put up with worth it because you know at heart we we love sports and it's just been a blast. What about when you went to Lake Placid and you gave somebody a ride? Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good point. I forgot about that. Look at him. He's teeing me up. He's an old pro. These are so, old teammates. Yeah, go ahead. We were, um, God, the, the Bruins were playing the Canadians the year they won the cup and uh, Rush was in town. So we had to leave Montreal and go to Lake Placid. And Giardi and I were driving around Lake Placid and we saw Tim Thomas, you know, and we're like, hey, man, what's up? And he's like, yeah, I need a ride. <laughs> so we gave him a ride to the hotel. In your rented minivan. Yeah, and it was like it was like had all the Comcast Sportsnet stuff all over. It was like we call them we call them clown cars when they were wrapped. Well, <laughs> what, like, okay, we set the scene though. Like, what was yeah. Tim Thomas wearing? Was he, he obviously probably wasn't with all of his gear? Like, was this late no, at night? He, he literally had just got a haircut, and he had on he had on like a flannel shirt, and he had on like an Elmer Fudd hat. Like, I shit you not. <laughs> like We're like, hey, you, you want to ride? And he's like, yeah, sure. So we got in. And, like, their hotel was up at the top of a mountain because it was in Lake Placid. And we drive by Claude Julian. 
and we're like, and because he was out walking and he was huffing and puffing. And uh, sorry, they're doing some construction on my house. It's, it's okay. Like, bring them in. We'll, we'll have them in too. The construction guys. Yeah, very good. Who are you and, uh, that's, that's Belichick slamming at your door like, don't you say anything. So we see Claude and he's like huffing and puffing. And we're like, hey, you want us to, Tim, you want us to pull over and give Claude a ride? And he just goes, no, man, I hate that guy. <laughs> we're just like, <laughs> but, but like Mike and I were like, oh, ha, 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 ha. And he's like, no, 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 seriously. <laughs> it was just like, okay, man, we're just going to give you a ride. That's and that was the year they won the cup, right? Yeah. 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 And like so. in the locker room in Vancouver, I saw him. I was like, hey, congratulations. And he just looks at me and he looked at Mike Giardi too. And he goes, uh, he goes, seriously, you guys giving me that ride helped save my legs so we could win. <laughs> it's just like, there you go. probably not true, but thank you. Contributing to championships, that's what we do. Yeah. 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 So hopefully you got to take the Stanley Cup around in that minivan just for a joyride for one day because you helped Tim Thomas, who was outstanding in that playoff run. Um, all right. So this will be mostly Patriot centric. And I just figured it'd be best to set the, the scene, right? Of like, you know, Glenn, you haven't shot as many games this year, but the schedule for a traditional 1 p.m. game like we had against Kansas City. How early you guys get to the stadium. I know Phil is doing stand-ups. Phil Perry of NBC Sports Boston. Pre-game, post-game, because I filled in for him at that, at that Dallas game. I work with you guys. And then what's it like afterward? Like, how close are you? That's how I build this, is you guys get to be in a, close to the sideline in a way that you see things that most people don't, even though sitting in the front row. Sure. Yeah, I mean... Well, the first thing we do is stop at Starbucks. Yeah. And sorry for the, you know, the plug, but, you know, I love yeah. my pink drink. Glenn needs his coffee. You do not want to start the day with Glenn without his coffee or his, <laughs> or his wallet, but that's another story. We have to go back and call in <laughs> Canadian Mounties. Yeah. But so, so Glenn, you start because Glenn is like super. Glenn sleeps like three hours and then he's like superhuman. He's like up and first thing rolling into the stadium. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll get there usually around nine for that one o'clock kick. And uh, we need to get like for our pregame live noon, every one hour before every game, except for some of the night games. Anyway, uh, we had to throw in our plug too. So uh, we, um, uh, I'll get some like, like shots of the stadium. Like you see like, Oh, we're here at sunny Gillette. And I get some of those, a couple of people tailgating and then just, I'll kind of go in at that point, And then it kind of becomes moose moose's show after that. I make sure nothing weird is happening on the field. Um, Cause that, that stuff on, on field doesn't start happening till about 11, but that's when moose. You're talking like warmups, right? Cause I, I mean, yeah. I'm there about the same time, maybe a little bit later. And I like, I'm trying to think of what weird things have happened that maybe I miss, even though I have yeah. a better view <laughs> in the press box way high up, I should theoretically see everything. What's something weird that's happened? Well, I could tell you like, like, um, so when we get there and we're shooting that pregame warm-up stuff, you can tell teams that are into the game sometimes or not. Like when the Chargers, when the Chargers came to play the Patriots, it was raining. It was not nice. It was not good. And, and so, you know, Keenan Allen came out and he literally had like his hands in his pants the entire time. And like, you could tell this dude is like not ready to play. And sure enough, like he was not, he dropped a pass early on. And, you know, you see that from time to time. Teams come in with the elements, right, like at Foxborough especially, and they're just not really, like, ready for it or they're, they're not sure how to, how to handle it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it can make a difference. Like, I can, I can remember, go, go back to um, 
What year was it they played the the Titans uh, in the ice? Oh, it was yeah. freezing cold, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like one of the- or were we talking yes. Brady's last game? Yeah, okay. it was like – No, no, like, sorry. It was like 10 below with windchill. Yeah. The, the Titans game you're talking Divisional about. round yes. playoff game. This is Titans yeah. roll in. Start, yeah. Right, start of the dynasty. So the Titans come out, and the field, everything is frozen. I mean, probably one of the most – the coldest games I've ever, ever done. And that's and when so the, the t- that was still grass. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so they come out, the Titans come out, and they, they've got like they're, they're 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 all come out with like short sleeve short shirts, and like uh four of them come out and they're all like baby oiled up, and they think that's gonna, you know, they're I don't know, they're gonna somehow that's Moose's outside. move, by the way. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> we right, were gonna yeah. get there. Yeah, baby oil. Glenn, Glenn hits me with the baby oil. It's you know, it's a thing. But so these guys come out like they're gonna like they're gonna intimidate you know Teddy Bruschi and Mike Vrabel and guys <laughs> by coming out in their t-shirt and like letting them, everybody know they can't be messed with. Literally, they were out there not even five minutes. They ran over to the heaters on the sideline and were just like standing there trying to warm up and took off and went back inside. And so those are things like Glenn and I will talk about like. So it used to be that the Patriots played their best football after Thanksgiving. Well, I'm here to tell you we don't have to wait for turkey and mashed potatoes and football for you to win and place your best bets of the year with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 with a single bet if the team that you pick wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, I'm telling you, there's no better time than now to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. I do it all the time. There's a wide range of options, too, if you don't like betting options, like the money line. That's for me. If it's not for you, go for point spreads, player props, over-unders, and tons more. Just visit FanDuel.com Boston and get your winning in the NFL season, no matter what the Patriots do. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21-year-older and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager is required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org. Call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. You can get a look at them at that point and just sort of see how a guy is moving or whatever. Um, but you just you want to just get as much video of the guys that you can and like yeah I mean we're 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 definitely eyes that you know are probably smarter than the average bear and like we'll say like hey you know I'm, I'm trying to think of someone who was who has been banged up in the last few weeks uh, but it's like oh you Trent know Brown. So, yeah like yeah he'll you know, it's very obvious if he's not out there for warmups but like <laughs> you know you'll see a guy like on Wenu working out and it's like yeah he's 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 actually moving pretty good and that kind of stuff but yeah it's really just it helps the producers back at the station kind of help sort of shape what yeah. they want what they want to talk about in the show there's like there's definitely like a certain level of you see these guys move right these athletes you know and it's like you know when you see them in practice every day and you're shooting them, right, you know their gait, you know how they walk. Like Dietrich Wise walks and he looks like he's injured just walking, right? But then you see him out on a football field and the dude moves like, you know, Akeem Olajuwon, you know what I mean? Like he's big and he just – so when they're injured and they're trying to come back, there's like a certain level of 
you, when you're watching them, you know, you can see when they're not willing to sort of make a cut or do certain things that you're like, okay, if he can get through the game, like, like Julian Edelman towards the end, right? That was a big one. There were mm-hmm. certain things you could see uh, that he can't really do. And like Juju, even now, I know like Juju has certain issues with his knee, right? And in the game, uh, I, don't know if it was, I think it was the last game, or maybe it was the game before that, before the – anyway, so he was, you know, he went to make a cut, and you could see, like, his knee, like, kind of buckled on him. And he, and he basically almost fell. And I was like, without getting touched, you know? And so those are little things like that you see, you know, what a guy's like Hunter, Hunter Henry. That guy has been out of games for things I, I'm sure would take a lot of people out of for the rest of the game. And he comes back in. There's been so many times this year where he's been getting work done on the sidelines where you go, his hand, you know, you're like, oh, he's done. And he he is a tough dude, a very tough dude. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because obviously he had a lot of punishment in that KC game and he came into New England with this reputation as kind of a fragile player and he had, you know, a torn ACL. And that's like not your fault. You're not soft for tearing your ACL, but you miss enough time and people go, well, we can't trust to be on the field. You must be injury prone for whatever worth the that label is. So the game starts, and you're talking about body language before the game. Mike Keenan Allen wants the hell out of there. Lo and behold, Brandon Staley gets canned, what, two, two and a half weeks later? Uh, yeah. In the most insane game of the NFL season. But are you noticing things like, oh, this might not go their way, or how the team reacts? Like, it's been a bad season. Was there anything, you know, in and around October or maybe even September where you kind of got a hint like, they just don't have it or they think they might not have it because they're never going to be totally honest with us at the podium speaking about reporters after the game. But you you see everything in real time and how they're reacting. Well, yeah, Glenn, t- remember at camp? What about at camp, right? Did you think – because you could see the progression of Mac. Like at camp, did you think Mac was confident? I mean, if he wasn't, he was doing a really good sell job. You know what I mean? And, and I think he was actually. And like – he really seemed to be on the same page with the receivers and, you know, nothing, it, it wasn't all perfect, but like they would at least talk about it and go over it. And, you know, Bill O'Brien seemed to be like engaged and into it. And like, I had a, I had a joke tweet back then. It was like, O'Brien had one of those sticks, you know, the, the pad on the end of the stick. And he was like, you know, pressuring him. And it was just like, I don't know. It just, it seemed like, they were headed for some pretty decent things. I, 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 you would have no reason to believe otherwise. Like they had, you know, Bill O'Brien in place and it just seemed like they were listening to him and they were into it. I don't, I don't know what you think, what your takeaway was. Yeah, no, I, I think he started out pretty confident and like thought that things were going to go differently, but you could see as time went along, went on in the games, how he would. So, a lot of times with NFL quarterbacks, when you're shooting the game, you stay in front of the offense. So they're coming towards you, right? So with NFL quarterbacks, you pretty much know where those passes are going, right? Because it's, it's one of the toughest things we do, right, Glenn? I mean, it's like yeah, following the ball, ball, trying to yeah. follow the ball, right? So, so um, with Mac, though, you never know. Like his arm angles, the ball would come out like all over the place. Places you just wouldn't expect it to, and you're like, "Whoa, okay!" Like you're trying to follow it, and 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 then there'd be times where I I have this I think because of like his his height and he's not 
is mobile, right? I think there's times where, like, you're shooting him and you can't see him behind the offensive line. You lose him behind the line. Right. And to me, if I can't see him, then that means he's probably having trouble seeing the receivers. And I just think that unless that pocket is set for him or it's a, you know, something that has him on the move, I think that he has trouble seeing like, okay, let me let this receiver get into the window that I need him to get into beyond this linebacker. And I'll make that throw. I think there's times where Mac would, Mac would feel like I got to make the throw now because I'm going to get hit. Like, I, I just think this started when he first came as a rookie, that, that first half of that season, he got the crap kicked out of him. Right. And I think people forget that, that the psyche of these young quarterbacks, when you start like that, and you're not a big guy and you take a lot of hits, you know, it's just like, like, um, you know, like if somebody, if you walked into your job every day and somebody punched you in the face by like the second You'd or probably third be Karen day, Garigian, by the way, yeah, right. I'm sure Karen would do that to you if you screwed up a story, right? Give yeah. you a good shot how about, to the face. How about just the afternoon or let's talk to Jordan Poole about this, you know, like he played yeah. all season, but that team's been broken thanks to a right. punch in the face at work in practice. Yeah. Um, right. But it, it, we, so we started talking about confidence with this, which I think is the real key word with Mac. And I don't want to spend too much time with Mac. We've yeah, talked sure. a lot about yeah. it. But in speaking with players in the locker room about this, some of whom have come to me on the record saying, like, especially on defense, well, I guess we have to give up zero today. They noted the confidence and said, if our quarterback doesn't have confidence, the whole operation falls apart. And that was evident with him, even though, again, and this is why we talk about body language, Mac would never, ever, ever, ever say yeah, I lost my confidence because yeah. then that's the ultimate surrender white flag. Did you see him lose teammates' confidence or lose his own? Like he comes back and plays at Vegas after getting pounded against the Saints. And then we had the game against the Commanders. And then, you know, you guys weren't in Germany, but, you know, the Giants game after that. Did you see anything on yeah. the sideline? Like Moose, I think you and I have talked about that a little bit. Yes. Uh, in in mm-hmm. Vegas, he throws a – so he was trying to be really upbeat. Prior to that, he had he had kind of gotten down, and the team was down, and I think guys had kind of lost that faith in him, and so he throws a pick, comes off to the sidelines, and he sits down where he usually does with Bill O'Brien, but this time he gets up, and he went to each player and kind of tried to, you know, fist pump, like, come on, let's go, we got this, and not one guy responded to it. And so right then and there, I'm thinking to myself, these guys are tired of this. Uh, you know, I don't think they think Mac's a bad guy. Maybe they don't even think it's his fault. But ultimately, mm-hmm. uh, it's not working. And when they're – like the Patriots require these guys to do put in more work than most teams. So you're willing to do it if you're going to win. But then when there's – you feel like there's one guy that holds it all in, the, in his hands for you and he keeps giving it away and you've put in all this work, it's like, no, man, like – no, I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling this. Like you're, you're, you're killing us. You know, and and that was that was telling. That yeah, was telling that, to me. And like I noticed uh, in the Giants game, uh, I remember you know because like Jabril Peppers is like a high school legend, and so he like really wanted to show out. You know, and, and listen, he played a he played a good game, but I, you know we can all say that was a pretty ugly game, a bad result, and like I think ugly is kind. There's like yeah. no alibi. There's just there's videotape yeah. of the murder that game committed. It was as heinous as I've ever seen. But like I, I so I as I often do, I went to the wrong place to get into the locker room after the game to get the sound, and like 
so I was sitting just outside the lock, another side of the locker room, and like, like Peppers, I didn't have my camera. He didn't see. Me. He doesn't really know who I am anyway. But like, he just came out and he was by himself in his full pads five minutes after the game, and he was just like shaking his head, and he's like, "I can't believe it got this bad," you know. And it's just like, and it's the thing Bill was talking about. It is like it's it's not that like you know, Mac Jones is like a bad guy or like a, you know, but it's just, they, it really felt like you said, and I think, I think Peppers may have said in the locker room after that game, like, I mean, do we have to throw a shutout to even have a shot to win a game here? That's a paraphrase, but like, so yeah, it's been tough to watch because obviously it's a lot more fun when they're doing well, but yeah, it it feels like that was kind of, a thing where it was like, yeah, it might be time <laughs> to make right. a change, you know? Yeah, and it, it was. Bailey's happy started ever since. Uh, but I don't want to talk anymore about Patriots quarterbacks. Let's go on the flip side. A lot of good sideline motivators here in Boston, some of whom you could say are out of their minds in those kind of moments. Kevin Garnett <laughs> comes to mind. So having been around, you know, Boston sports and shooting it now for 25 years, can you have a list, a short list of the best sideline motivators? Bonus points if they're Patriots, but they're, if they're not, we're just here for like the good stories and the stuff that again you guys see that most of us don't. So uh, I would I would say one of the top ones was, and this was more of a, a dynamic, right? So so Brady's obvious in the stuff that we saw, right? But there was a dynamic that would go on where. He would come off and he would scream at the players, which we've seen. We've seen that video, right? But one time, and this is where the offensive line was different back then. So Brady, we were in, uh, we were in Jacksonville. Brady goes down, they horrible start, and he's like, "What the, you know, blah blah blah, you know what, you know, wake wake up, you know." And so he goes and sits down, and you could just see Matt Light stewing. And he just, he's like, you know, that crew was a different crew, you know, with Mankins and all those guys. And he gets up, and now he goes down to Brady and says, you get your head out of your ass. You get, you know, <laughs> you get us going, blah, blah, blah. And, like, you could tell the other guys were like, yeah, Matt, you tell him, you know. <laughs> so, like, that was one of the, that was one of the funny, because those guys came up more with Brady, right? He wasn't, like. Oh, Tom Brady, like some of these guys were towards the end. So, like, Matt Light, kind of speaking for everybody, was kind of a cool moment, right? Like an unexpected motivator. And they did. They went out. They scored on that next series. And, you know, who knew Matt Light would be, like, the guy that would, like, light that fire, you know? Obviously, that's that's one of my surprise ones. Yeah. I mean, for me, just like the the recent era stuff, like Matthew Judon, like he's a total high motor guy, and you you will always see him over there. And he's not like a rah 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 over the top crazy, but you can tell that those guys played really hard for him, you know, and they listened to him because he he is really good, and it wasn't like a head, you know, slamming head butting guys and stuff like that. But he's a guy that they really. Get, they, I'm using the wrong tense now. They got behind him, um, and they hopefully they will again when he comes back. But, yeah, he, he's another guy who you can tell really just gets guys fired up and ready to play. All I right, think so an, an, an yeah. underrated one is, is was Edelman because he could – he would say those little things to Brady like we've seen the NFL clips, right? 
But his stuff even began during practice. I mean, you talk to any defensive player, they hated Julian Edelman practicing against him. Like, and that's not an exaggeration, right? Like, they thought he was a prick, right? Because that guy was like, you know, he's that guy that things are going three-quarter speed and he's, you know, hitting you in the mouth. And you're like, what the hell, dude? Like, you're my teammate. So his motivation would start during the week. And then he would come out. And he didn't get a lot of credit for this. But he was an amazing um, shit talker on the field, right? Like, he'd say these little things to guys. And other guys around him would, would just get such a kick out of it, other teammates, that that would get them fired up, right? So, like... I think that that was – and that was just kind of like who Edelman was. That wasn't like Glenn said. It wasn't him like seeking out making a speech or anything like that. Guys can have the motivation in different ways, and he brought that edge that I think they definitely kind of lack now, and and it was something that you just kind of need those guys, like that, like like a Marshan, right, for the Bruins, right? Like Yeah, yeah little, very much. Like, like him that. in practice, you know? Do you think they're missing one of those guys right now? I mean, they're obviously a team that's three and eleven is missing a whole lot. But I'm thinking now off the top of my head, you know, Glenn, you mentioned Judon. Hurt, gone. He's around, but he's like out of the picture, and that's yeah. how they would have it. Just a guy with a little more salt, like a little more F you. Like Peppers has brought that, but in that same guy, Giants game you referenced, he's telling Saquon Barkley, You lucky we asked, man, because yeah. we're terrible. <laughs> so I guess it's hard to have that, but I I think back of those kind of small moments that just get you going when you need something. Like, this team falls behind and that's it. Like, Or am I missing someone? I mean, you guys get to talk to players. Like, even Jonathan Jones has got a little more salt than maybe the rest of us know. But it's been hard to spot this year. I I 100% agree, yeah. right? Like, like, I think – and this is something Glenn and I have talked about. The offensive line, like, we love those guys, right? Yeah. And for years – they had an attitude. Like, I can remember, I'll go, I'll go back again to, like, Matt Light, that crew. They're playing in Detroit against Dominican Sioux. There's a couple other good defensive linemen for the Lions. But they were, the Lions were really dirty, right? So everybody knew that going in. So I'm watching this, and there's a number of times where these guys are going at it, Mankins, Light, and, like, towards the end of plays, like, punches are being thrown in each oh, other's yeah. guts. Right. So like, you know, a guy would throw a punch and blah, blah, blah. And so so then I'm following them off to the sideline thinking they're going to be, you know, <laughs> lighting all those guys going to be like, what the, you know, and I go over there, they're laughing. They're all laughing about it. And I asked them about it later and they were like, oh, yeah, we knew that was literally going to be a fist fight. So like we were like, let's let's have some fun. Let's get Moose. our shots in. Was, was that the game when um was it Sue? Someone stepped on Mankin's hand yeah. when he was on the ground, and like Mankin's like just steamed the guy right in the crotch. Yeah, <laughs> the guy, but, I thought it was Sue, but it might not have been. But like, but that's that's the thing, right? That's just angry. They, they uh, their angry. line always had an attitude, like a nastiness about them, right? And the line, you know, just focusing on them right now, they don't have that. Like there isn't a guy on offense that does it. Like you mentioned, Peppers on defense. There isn't. There used to be layers of those guys, and you need that in football, right? You need those those guys that are the, you like, you know, the the guy at work that you're like, oh, this friggin' guy. You know what I like mean? Like piss and vinegar. Grinder. You know? Yeah, he's the guy that calls him. three fouls when you're playing pickup basketball, and you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, they need that guy who just is always just like a total grinder and a prick. Right. You right. Know? There's like, no identity on that offense. There's no. 
prickliness. There's no, yeah, there's just, and that's an element you have to have. You know, if you're, if you're not going to be the most talented team, right, which they're, they're usually not, then you better be tougher than everybody and you better be smarter than everybody. And yeah, it's like they need to take a guy like Keon White and make him a tackle. Because he's nasty. Like he's you know? he's quiet, but right. he is nasty. Right. right. Yeah. They need some certainly leads a team up. in like post whistle. What do they call them? Like gently the extracurriculars of, of other yeah, teams. Yeah. Being like the hell Play is your the problem, echo man? The like you just right. got here. Can you right. not make a mess? Have you seen the scoreboard? Which right. in some ways, like play to the whistle, fight through it. But like the guy, even in the preseason, is just in the middle of stuff. Get kicked out of joint practices in a way that yeah. you're like, eh, like we'll we'll see how that goes. But on the offensive line, we can't. Stop this conversation without giving a little love to the guy you guys love more than each other, I think. David Anders. Uh, <laughs> Captain, you want to talk about smart? Like, that dude is as tough as they come. We've got Hunter Henry yeah. his flowers. I've seen David live out of the locker room on a Friday, come to play on Sunday, play really well. Uh, he's tremendous in a way I don't think a lot of people know, and not even from a media standpoint, just like a regular dude. And I've had people on the team, teammates, people on staff tell me that. Like, he is the best among us. From what you guys know, having hung out with him plenty, why is that? Well, he's uh, handsome. Yeah, he's smart. Beautiful beard. His beautiful, beautiful beard, beard. and he's got the flow, the hair. But yeah, I he guess, has hockey flow, like. But he games. does have more substance to that, doesn't he? Yeah. He really. I mean, yeah, anybody I mean, that like, can like put up with our shenanigans, and every time we go up to Dave, he is. He's just good to go. Like, whatever it is that we're up to, you know. Yeah, I mean, what was it? <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we were in the locker room and we were just hanging out. And there was, like, randomly a fork right by a trash can. <laughs> Bill goes, hey, Dave, we got a fork. And he goes, uh, oh, we need some cake now. <laughs> he just, like, walked into the equipment room. You know, like, he's just, he's just, yeah, he's just, he's just, he's that Southern kind of, like you said, like, but there's, there's, I mean, from remember him explaining to us about the the uh, the different touch from the quarterbacks, right? Oh, on his yeah. on his ass when he's when he's hiking the ball. Yeah, because like, yeah, we asked him. We're like, you, you have a weird job, just in terms of what happens. Like, you have you have a man's hand in your undercarriage, probably ninety percent of your job. Like. What's that? What's that about? You know, and he he like broke down how like Brady's hands were different, and then who who was the backup? It was um oh god, I can't, Hoyer. Hoyer, yeah, yeah, Hoyer was one of them. Yeah, you know, if his yeah, he, he, and he openly talked about if his ass was sweaty, Brady made him, made him wear a towel. Yeah, well, I'm so hand, glad you said that because you remember Nick Underhill. I mean, he covered the team oh, yeah. back. You know, second yeah. part of the dynasty. He was back here for 19, wrote for the Athletic. Yeah, he wrote a story that was probably the most read of any story any of us wrote that season, and it was about Swamp Ass. And I remember him going up to Brady, who was like, did his media availability, would say hello in the locker room, was very nice, but no one really talked to. Him. He was Tom Brady. He was Moose, yeah. as you described, like he was God Tom Brady as opposed to just teammate or guy that you covered. Yeah, and Nick goes up and says. Hey, Tom, I'm Nick. I'm doing a story. It's about Swamp Pass. <laughs> Just, you got Brady on the record. He got David. And it was all the things that he needed to do to get around the Swamp Pass, playing in Miami, the extra towels. Like, how deep did your conversations go with David about that? Because we can laugh. And he, he, he had so many synonyms in this story, which I think about way more than I should, at least once a week. Like, he called it a little extra butter. You know, like, <laughs> 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 I'm 
Like, how long did your conversation go? It sounds like you could have been quoted in this same story. Yeah, yeah no, he described how he, the layers uh, tucked the towel in, but part of it had to be out so that when Brady's hand would go in there, it would be up against the towel and not the sweaty mm. butt. Yeah, and some of it was like in the in the pants. Like, it, I mean, it's a whole routine. And like when Tom Brady tells you what to do, you right. listen. You know, a lot of powder involved. A lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of things. A lot of ins that, and outs. Yeah, a lot, lot of is. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And I and I think I think the thing about Dave that's like so like he's a tough dude, as tough as they come. Right, yeah. like you said, injured the whole thing but then the charity work that he does so we go to you know the the patriots host uh some 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 kids that some sick kids at the stadium and um they're all there is during halloween so 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 mac jones shows up in a buzz lightyear costume right and then all of a sudden so does so does dave andrews shows up like buzz lightyear right so you're looking and and his beard is like coming out of and his hair and like everything's just coming out of the front of the Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, because it, it was just, one of the store bought ones, you know. <laughs> yeah, it just was so wrong. And I can remember like, you know, saying to Matt Slater, I'm like, what what do we got going on here? He goes, We were just dying because we were like looking at him going, He's like he's the Bud Buzz Lightyear in the future. So like in the future, that's him. That's what Mac Jones grows up to be is like Dave Andrews, you know? And and I ask Andrews, like, what what's with the costume? And like classic Dave, he's like, Well, you know, it's my kid's favorite character, so I had to do it. Right. So like the guy's just so grounded, you know, like that's what you appreciate about him. There's there's he would have fit into any of those old offensive yeah. lines, like, in a second. Yeah, like in another another one of my favorite stories about him was uh it was that game that they lost. Remember the game they lost in Miami where, like, they had the, the lateral, the miracle in Miami, Miami all the yeah, laterals, 18. and, like, Kronk missed the tackle. I'm like, yep. I mean, it was like a morgue in that locker room after the game. And uh, Brady's daughter was in there, and, like, she was this just super cute little girl, high squeaky voice, and she goes up to him, and she's like, hey, what's your name? And he just goes, Dave. <laughs> she's like, oh, hi. And he's like, hi. And she goes... She goes, Gronk is my favorite player. I'm gonna sit next to him on the plane. And like Andrew's like, he he could have taken it a million different ways. And he's just like, okay, great. Have a good time. It was nice to meet you. And she goes, Bye, Dave. <laughs> just like walks away. <laughs> it was just like, I mean, talk about a guy who just he just gets it, you know, and he's yeah. very appreciative. And you know, you know, what is he says is like his uncle is Dan Reed, not his, his yep. like technical uncle, but like he grew up in it and he gets it and he treats people with respect, you know, and that, and that's, I have great. to say one thing. Okay. That's bugged me like since the start, end of last year, right. Is that why does Dave Andrews keep being the first guy out to at the podium yeah. to talk? I don't, the guy gets the first wave of all of our questions that well, we he's a really, like, he's a pro. And, and this is not, you know, to just continue the love fest for David Andrews for the sake of it, or you guys are friends with him, or he's been very good to me. That's just a fact. I mean, the guy has taken pointed questions from me and others just being like, how come you can't score 10 points? Or the messaging has been this from Bill. Why do you continue to stand by him? Which isn't to try to get an answer out of him. It's just to ask the questions that 
I'm thinking of, figuring the fan at home is thinking of. And so he's there first. Like, there is a part of him because he said this. It just wants to get out of the way. But he's a captain. He's on an offense that's at fault. And he says, look, I get to do this. It's a privilege. I work hard. I might as well stand by my team. And I think Dan Reeves even said something to him about why you do it. Because that, Steve Buckley, the athletic wrote story, answering the question he just asked. Why the hell does he do this? But being first is not just the first player. He goes before Belichick. And goes out there. And I think that's a lot of respect and a lot of guts and a lot of admiration. I think he has to go out there first and speak for the team, even if folks at home go, oh, yeah, or people next to him go, why is David Andrews talking? And this wasn't like his fault. He was the center. Yeah. But he, he feels that obligation and he fulfills it every damn week. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like watching like, you know, the, the first wave hit the beach at Normandy. Like, you're just like, oh, I just don't want to watch this. Like, yeah. week after week, you know. And I, I just that, – that bugs me a little bit. It's like I just think Bill should be the first guy. The head coach should be the first guy out there because, you know, uh, it's just – that's – to me, that's just the way it should be. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, All right, let's circle back to the, to, to the sideline. We had the best motivators, guys that reach you, just a couple of words. They got you ready to run through a brick wall – or go pound the Dolphins, the Jaguars, or whomever. Of course, there are coaches and players who are not as talented, not as wordsmith, uh, like a Julian Edelman or a Matt Leiter or a Tom Brady, without like outing someone in a way that's terribly negative. But we'll just put it this way. So-and-so is not going to be a motivational speaker when their time in football ends. Is there anyone who you just look and go, maybe a little little less is more? Uh, I mean, the, the thing that comes to mind to me, uh, last year was like all the stuff like Matt Patricia would be out pregame and he would be out and he would be like, you know, like high-fiving all the receivers and like trying to like pump everybody up. And like, I, I don't want to say it was for effect because it wasn't, he was genuinely trying to get those guys motivated, but I think we all know that was a pretty tough sell last year. Uh, and it might not have been the best fit, uh, but it, it just, I think rang hollow is, is a, a, a strong phrase, but it didn't seem to fit the way that you would think it would, I guess. Was it it's natural? Like, yeah. 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 Um, my, mine is, and I'm going back a little bit, but it, I think they still have this ongoing issue, right? Scar leave, Dante Scarnacchia leaving, right? His style and what he did, this was one of those things you asked, like things that we see, uh, and I'll get to the, to, to the, the other – part of this that to answer your question but setting it up like we would watch Dante on the sidelines and he had this thing where the guys would come off and no matter how badly things were going he would always let the offensive lineman get to the bench sit down get a minute to decent decompress have a drink whatever and then he got in there and it was just business right like so it was guys they're not doing anything we didn't talk about this week, okay? It's this, this, and this. Like, let's go, right? So so it, it, they responded to that, right? When, uh, when Dave DiGuglielmo took over, his style was very different. So guys weren't even off the field. He was already right there in their face, kind of letting them know what they screwed up. And you could see the guys were just – they, they, they were tuning him out. Like, there was no focusing on that. And so, like, maybe coming from Scar, it was – I mean, who could live up to that, right? And that style probably works in, in, at other places or other, you know, 
situations. But in that situation, it was it w- it w- had the opposite effect. Guys started to tune him out, and I think that's where, like this 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 um, the coaching with the offensive line just hasn't been cohesive. And I think that's a that's a key point of of I mean, if you can't get those guys right, you know, in, in the right frame of mind, like you got problems. Yeah, Gooch was here, what, 13 and 14 or I think 14 and 15. Yeah, it was 14, 15, and then Scar came back. And I, I think yeah. that's a, it's a good parallel. Part of it, like, the guy's a living legend, but there's also an element of you're going to receive the energy that you put out there, you know, especially in the heat of battle. Like, if you want people to stay even-keeled, stay effing even-keeled. You know, if not, yeah. then you're yeah. going to get that kind of up-and-down response. And if it's not motivating inherently to those guys, it's kind of in-your-face screaming, which they're pros. These, that was a veteran line that he had. Then they're gonna, like you said, kind of tune you out. No doubt, no doubt. And I, I think that, um, you know, there's. I mean, these guys are like the alphas of the alphas, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like think about the best high school player you ever played with, or college, the best college player you, you know. Uh, and these guys are so much better than that guy, right? And so these guys come up; they are the alphas, right? And 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 like. I'll give you. I'll give you just across sports for a minute. Like, like Paul Pierce was not a great leader, right? So he was a great player, but then when Kevin Garnett came, he did all those captain things that you wanted a captain to do. Like he set the tone. He let guys know, which then allowed like Paul Pierce to stop trying to be, you know, like this vocal leader that he really wasn't, and let him fit in the spot that he's supposed to be. Right. So like. Right. I think you that goes like kind of to like build, team building, right? Like if you build the right team and you have the right players, guys fit in, get in, you know, and and can make their impact those ways. So you don't have to have guys kind of forcing that 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 role when it's really not their role. Yeah, uh, David Andrews taken out of this conversation, but really quickly, who would make the best cameraman on the team right now? I think Dietrich. Dietrich. <laughs> he actually did it last year. He took a camera from uh, Nick Sapienza from Channel Seven, and he like he's genuinely a curious guy. And like, hey, how does this work? And he was like looking through the viewfinder and really doing it. And he's like, he's he's got the right temperament to do it too. Super nice guy, and like he's he's one of us. He's and, honorary, and he's got the height. The yeah. height helps when you're a camera guy. Like, yeah, you gotta get over. I don't yeah. know all these writer types. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. A bunch of losers up front. Just, yeah, yeah, you know, insane wretches. They with their phones and yeah, with yeah, their little exactly. iPhones. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so, 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 let me ask you this, right? Yeah. Do you feel now the pressure to be a camera guy? I see you guys shooting things in practice yeah. and in the locker room that you never had to before. So, because of social media. Do you feel a different pressure to cover the team differently than you had in the past? Yeah, I don't think it's actively on my mind. But if you look at, I think, how the best content or the content with the most engagement is consumed, it's all small videos. It could be Twitter, obviously, Instagram Reels, TikTok. Like that does the best because you don't have to write out, here's everything I saw. Just show them the video. Now, I am also self-aware enough to go – 
I suck at the camera part. So like I can have it through the binoculars and then people go, Oh, did you shoot that with your eye potato for like, yeah, yes, I did. My phone is yeah. old. It's purple. I didn't choose for either of those things, but I didn't really want to <laughs> drop a grand on a new phone. So it's purple and it's like four years old. Um, yeah. Mark Daniels is excellent at this, Matt Sly. I mean, mostly just the pictures. But, yeah, I think it's always yeah. best to shoot. Though the rules have changed a little bit in the locker room, right? Where, like, you need to be very, very tight with that yeah. shot because, obviously, guys are walking around naked behind. Like, you don't want to get any of that. But they've cracked down in a way that's, like, even you would think safe shots kind of at an angle. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. So I just – I kind of I, – I do it when I can while understanding this is best for me and for everyone. But I'm – I'm not going to be like filling in for you guys anytime. Like I might have Phil get sick and is not in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's changed, right? So things have changed. Like, like for us, when we do our camera guy interviews, um, they, they like us to use the phone. They feel like it's just more natural looking. Right. Mm, yeah. And talking to, so at each game, the NFL has um, their own shooters, right. That, that, that are on the sidelines for social media. They have NFL films, which is legit, right? But then they have these guys that are just there with their cell phones, right? You have a rivalry so their with them? thing is, is there any, oh, any yeah. heated here? Uh, uh, well, <laughs> it's heated, but it's it's just sort of like you don't really worry about them because they're really not getting the same stuff you are. Their their stuff is different, but the reality is like things have changed, right? So even though what we're shooting with our cameras is a a much better shot, right? There's something about people like right now like to consume something that looks like they shot it themselves with their with their phone, right? So like yeah. you look at the you look at that uh Tyreek Hill, right? When he took the phone from oh, he did the, the NFL flip, guy, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and yeah. did the flip and, and that whole thing. And it's like, you know, that's kind of what this whole these guys are much more aware of social media. And I think, I don't know if you agree, Andrew, but like I think these guys are way more comfortable talking. And talking um, on camera because they're coming up with that. Whereas, like, other guys were – it used to be, like, really awkward. Now, when you're a Patriot, you don't want to say too much. But, you know, <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's – I've noticed these guys seem more comfortable. I don't know if you and Glenn agree. Yeah, and, and it's funny because, like, we're, we're old. And it's like, you know, you see they're, – they're, they don't shoot it in landscape. They shoot it in portrait now. And, like, mm. when you were shooting, like, the Kelsey stuff on Sunday, right? But, like – all those arrivals, they were, they were, and I'm going to call them kids because they were probably under 30, but, I mean, they were, like, squatted down low and, like, shooting with their phone, walking backwards. And it's like, man, these kids are kind of eating our lunch because they can turn it around like that, you know? Like, right. not eating our lunch, strong. But, like, they can turn it around. But, like, the, the stuff that looks really good, the high-quality stuff, like, we have to feed it in. They have to cut it. So there is a, there is a level of immediacy to it, but – I like to think that sort of the experienced eyes that we have make the difference that it can make people notice something that maybe they wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. I mean, you, you have my attention and it's my job to notice as much, if not more than you. And so like when I appreciate things at practice, even when I'm there, I'd be like, shit, how did I miss that? Um, not to mention, and this is like very inside baseball. And we'll go into two more things quickly and get out of here. You guys were not in Germany. There was some freelance videographer, certainly not as handsome, was not as funny, didn't know anything about football, no. let alone, that I had to direct because, you know, the folks at NBC asked me, like, can you just hold the microphone in the locker room and point him around? He was a very nice guy. I'll give him that. Um, mm. But I was like, 
oh my God, I have to think about where he's standing and the positioning relative to everyone else and like need to have the camera up high. Like I was stressed out in a, in a, a locker room <laughs> in an environment that I've become very accustomed and comfortable in and where to go after the game and how to navigate around guys. But then thinking of someone else who's lugging this camera in addition to the mic and they need to be front and center and needs to be angled a certain way. I was like, wow, this is a lot. <laughs> like, So I, I think you're, you're right. There's a lot to it, like social media component or not, are those young bums. Um, who actually that NFL? Do you see that NFL camera guy you mentioned, who took who lost his phone to Tyree Kill was a longtime personal videographer of Tyree Kills, yeah. and then the NFL kicked him out because they said, "Oh, well, that was your fault." Like it was planned. They yeah. they, they felt like it was planned. Uh, he had done a couple things with them, but that's what you're getting now. So players have their own personal camera guys, and so some of the yeah. teams, like in the NBA, especially like uh, Jason Tatum, has a guy. And, and he does a good job with his stuff. And so Jason's really comfortable with him and has him follow. So, like, we're sitting there trying to get these arrivals. And the first time he showed up, he was in everybody's shot because he's following Tatum like Tatum asked him to. So yeah. then the next thing you know, he's working for the Celtics, right? So, like, you know, this there's a whole nother layer where the players now are realizing we can have our own – we can put out the, the image and, the, and what people want to see – ourselves their brand. they're branding themselves you know and they yeah. do a great job of it <laughs> yeah 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 um, it's a new for sure so two more things the first one i want to talk about the weather games because you brought up the two that come to mind it's like any miami game you know you're just down there yeah. sweating your balls i mean you guys have to hang in there and then the titans game which is the polar opposite of that you can take this in whatever direction you want the most uncomfortable you've been the site the time the location I don't want to hear a whole lot about a little extra butter, but if you want to walk yeah. up to that line and then back away, you, you can do that. Like, because you know, the games that are uncomfortable for me, it's a walk from my car up to the press box. That's nothing. Okay. You guys are in it in the same way that the guys are granted. You're not running around at full speed and going into basically car accidents for 60 times or however many plays that they have, but you get the point. Like what, what was that game? Worst weather game you had? Yeah. So, I would say one of the t- – okay, so I'll give you the two extremes for me personally. So, like, the cold weather, that doesn't bother me as much. But what gets me is you're running around, so you start sweating. So now, like, you throw your stuff on, you go outside, and you're cold underneath because you've been running around, but now it's freezing cold outside, right? So you got to find ways to, like, deal with that. But then the other piece is you have to have your hands – be able to touch these small parts on the camera while you're shooting. So your gloves need to be, they can't be too thick, right? But then they're not warm and you're touching metal half the time, right? So like we've de- we developed these different ways. Like we put the toe warmers, to- the skinny toe warmers in our gloves, right? So now it doesn't, it doesn't get in the way, but it keeps your hand warm. And I actually talked to Bailey Zappi about this because he doesn't wear he doesn't wear the pouch like Brady used to mm-hmm. load up with the pouch and he put all the, the heaters in there and then he just have his hand in there to the last minute, take it out. And he was good to go. Right. So I said to Bailey, I'm like, how come you're not wearing the pouch? You know? And he's like, I'm like, don't you know, Brady used to do that. Do they tell you these things? He's like, nah, you know what? I, I just, it bugs me. Cause I think people are going to be able to tackle me cause they attach it to your belt. So he thinks it's, it's a, you know, it would you'd get pulled down by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I told him about the the toe warmers in the glove, and he's like, "I'm going to try that at, at practice this week." So, <laughs> you know, like it, you know, there's just similar things you deal with. 
But I would say on the flip side, the worst experience. Wait, sorry. I just have to pause there. Was this Bailey Zappi tried this last week or he's going to try it this upcoming week? So he was last week when it was really cold, he said he was going to check it out. uh, But then it warmed up for the Uh, game. Okay, Because I want to know how this goes for him. Yeah, I don't know. I I said keep me posted. And I don't know. I don't think he ended up having to do it because it actually warmed up enough. All right. And um, so, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll know. We'll see if it if we'll see if it works out eventually. But to answer your question, the worst Glenn will remember this from, from mine. Yeah, we were in Jacksonville, oh, and it yeah. was 114 degrees on the field, no wind, no movement of air of any kind. There's no shade in that. Stadium okay, there's no shade, all. and I sweat getting out of my car. Okay. So like I'm sweating anyway, I was dying. So at halftime, I go into this hallway, Glenn comes down, he brings me waters. He's like, what do you need? And there were these bags of ice that people had left like concessions. I took one of the bags, I put it on my head and it literally melted the ice. (laughs) And And I literally was like, I don't know if I'm making it back out there for the second half, you know? Uh, but I just, I literally, I put some ice in the towel, put it on my neck, and went back out because, like, there's no other choice, you know? Yeah. yeah it was, mine, like, it was last year, the Buffalo game. Oh, uh, Buffalo. The, it was, I think it was, like, the second to last game of the season. <clears throat> it was so cold. Um, thank God it wasn't windy, but, like, I, I just, I froze. I was, like, an icicle, and I got back, and I, I mean, I had enough gear on but like i get i just got back to the hotel and i sat in a hot shower for like 45 minutes i i I couldn't get warm it was so weird because usually it's not that bad but it it was just a different kind of cold like i hadn't felt it like that i like i went up to niagara falls to get some scenics and like i was wearing sneakers and like my feet froze and that's when it was sunny i was like this is going to be a bad day that was that was the coldest i've ever been was so this would have been the finale last year, like opening kickoff return for a touchdown. Yeah, that one. Okay. Yeah, because the other one favorite... I would have thought was the the Monday night game when they won in that windstorm and ran the ball. 10 yeah, times I wasn't at that was, one. He was. Yeah, was the one game that my dad was like, "Hey, I'll come out for that. I'll drive on my own. It's a big game. It's gonna be a lot of fun." Like hung out with him for that weekend, and they got a good seat <laughs> to see nothing because they won fourteen to ten through the ball three times. I was like, "Well, they won. Have a nice ride back." But it was the just like, how are you playing in an actual windstorm game? And Moose, you were there. But well, B- Buffalo, Buffalo. By the way, Glenn, I know your favorite part of Buffalo though is the sex toys that get thrown on the field, right? <laughs> yeah, that's always that's well, Glenn's always one throwing them, so he knows. I, yeah. I can't believe I can sneak them in. That's the crazy. I mean, part. that's crazy. It's crazy. Right through the X-ray machine. You know what I mean? He always tells them they're toothbrushes. You know, don't worry. The about damnedest it. thing. Yeah, yeah. But no, so like I, th- that game was. See, it wasn't as hard for us because, you know, you learn how to dress for that stuff. But I'll never forget, walking up to the stadium, I looked up, and it looked like a scene from Game of Thrones. Like there were these lights, and it's up because that stadium's up on a hill, and the snow was literally swirling, right? So then you go in, and it had stopped. And so I'm just kind of getting my stuff ready to get those early bus, like the Patriots come on the early bus, right? And so the special teams guys, the kickers, guys will come out just to see what's going on. As they start to walk out, it literally becomes a whiteout, and you couldn't see in front of you. But then all of a sudden, the wind started. Like, 
in circles. Usually it's like one direction, but the difference in that game was it was like going in a circle. And I remember the kickers came out, uh, kicked one. The, the punter kicked one. It went straight up and backwards and <laughs> landed behind him. And that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> Other guys came out and threw. And I remember Josh Allen came out who has a cannon, right? He threw a pass and it literally went like this. <laughs> you know, like it went towards the sidelines and landed on the sidelines. And I'm like, if that dude can't throw right now, it's going to be a bad day. So, yeah, I would say for the players, that was probably a, a bad situation. All right. So we end, and this is not, this is going to be a standalone episode, not combining with a preview of uh, Sunday's game against the Broncos with a wild card. Just random thoughts, something we haven't covered yet about the game or any past story, something we haven't hit that you think the folks should know, because this has been awesome, covered a lot of ground. What's the wild card? What do you got, Glenn? Um, I, I, I think it's the interview that we did with Gronk. Okay, yeah. Uh, that was just the camera guys in Gronk. Stacy James just... was very worried. Moose Moose brought like a little pony, like a little plastic pony about that big, and Gronk rode it and was like making whinnying sounds. And oh, is your daughter's bike helmet with the unicorn horn on it? It was like... a helmet shaped like a uni- like a, a rainbow unicorn hat. It, like, and, he, that... and he helmet and he puts the helmet on. And he calls the horse Cinnamon. Cinnamon. <laughs> it's Cinnamon. And he says, yeah. you know, he's like, and we're like, because he had just bought that horse, right? He, he was a part owner of a horse. And we're like, we're like, Gronk, we got a horse for you. Like, we want you to go in on it with us, right? And I, you know, just held up this little toy. And he's like, oh, he's like, that's great. You know? <laughs> and like, like, he was like, Cinnamon. He, <laughs> he was just always game. Like yeah. he, like, like literally we would do stuff with him and he would be like, Hey, do, do you guys want to do anything else? Yeah. And like Stacey James would be in the back, just like, I mean, Stacy's face was so red. Like when he was doing that, because we also asked him about his horse. We were like, Hey, you know, what, what, um, what's your horse? What's the deal with this horse? And he's like, Oh, let me tell you, this is a good horse. He's like, it's big, and he's like, and I've checked every part of that horse. He's he goes, big. and I mean, you know what I mean. Waiting for that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gronk was just the he best. Was, he was awesome. He was yeah. awesome to he deal goes with. Sixty nine miles an hour. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we actually we made up a list of like what what are the names of actual horses, and one of them was we made up we said it was summer of 69 <laughs> and we asked him and he goes <laughs> really <laughs> we're like no no that's the fake one i'll get i will get, i'll give you another good like uh so this was just a this was just camera guys shenanigans so when the red Sox were playing the dodgers for the world series they play in and we were both huge ozark fans okay so we had seen Jason Bateman. He would sit behind home plate in this section of its own, similar to Fenway, uh, where he would sit fairly up front, right? So we're like, oh man, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta talk to Bateman. And this is one of the things we love about these events. You know, we've talked to you know like Kevin Hart, like all these different guys. You just Will Ferrell, right? So we just try to get moments with them, right? And, and catch them in the, in a different element, right? 
So we 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 have, we have to make a plan, which this is like it's like watching Abbott and Costello. We're like, yeah, all right, it, it was not, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Remember, remember the plan to go into the. Yeah. We were like, we'll sneak in really early and get into that section. <laughs> And act like we're just hanging out as fans, like we're supposed to be there, right? So, so Bateman comes in eventually, and he comes in with a buddy, and he's walking down towards his his seat, and we're like, "Hey, hey, Jason, uh, you know, uh, I'm Moose. This is Glenn. Uh, we're the camera guys, NBC Sports Boston. Um, blah blah blah. You know, I know you're a Dodgers fan. We talk a little baseball with us, and he's like." Oh, geez, guys. He's like, you know what? Yeah, when I when I come to the games, I just I'm just a fan. I just like just to be want a to fan. enjoy it. Yeah, just enjoy it, and and yeah, you know, and and we're like, oh, oh, you know, all right, we're, we're just well, we're just we're huge Ozark fans, and we just love the show, and we were just dying to talk to you, and he's like, oh, he's like, so you guys are can't, you know? He's like, you guys, uh, so this is the, he starts telling us what the cameras they use for the show. And I go, oh yeah, right. Look, like that's the, those are the the red. Oh, yeah, we use Aries too. Yeah, yeah, sure. right. Like, you know, we're the blah blah blah. We use the blah blah blah. I'm like, because like we're camera guys, you know. And he's like, I know you said that, <laughs> you know. So like, <laughs> so so like, right, right. And and so the next thing you know, he's like, so guys, how do you like LA? What do you think? Who's this guy pit- pitching for the Red Sox tonight? It was, I think it was Rodriguez, right? He's like, yeah, yeah. what's the breakdown? What's this guy like? Are you enjoying yourselves? You guys should go to this spot, whatever. And then at the end, and then he's like, all right, guys, it was good hanging out with you. I'll talk to you. He walked away. And I looked at Glenn and I go, did we get turned down or not? Yeah. Like that Jason Bateman character that you see in the movies, he yeah. Jason Bateman does. Like yeah, no he like idea. totally, totally pulled a Michael Bluth on us and just like showed <laughs> us the door. And like he, 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 like he called us assholes, but made us laugh. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, right. Very smooth. <laughs> so we we did have our we did have our we got our revenge though. Not and it's, revenge is a strong word. Well, yeah. We had oh, a, that's a right. Shot. Glenn came came <laughs> yeah. to me and said I he have was an idea. um he was the hasty pudding man of the year a couple years ago. So we're like, oh, we, we got to do this. Like, we totally have to. We need to get so credentials. we show up there. We get, somehow we get credentialed. For and, hasty uh, pudding. What, yeah, what is hasty, hasty pudding, though? Like, I, I know I've heard the term. Is it's it... the thing at Harvard. It's like the it's like their comedy troupe. Oh, okay. And they, they put on shows and stuff. And they get they always award a woman a year and the man of the year. Mm-hmm. And, like, the man of the year goes in drag. And he's, he's in a parade. And they drive him around, like, Harvard Square and, like, around Cambridge. And. It's like, it's actually a pretty cool thing, and it's, it's very prestigious. Yeah, it's like a prestigious thing, you know. And yeah, yeah. Like, so we got we of course we got credentialed for it. Yeah, they had <laughs> they have a reception, and uh, they start they take a couple questions, and so like we stand up, and I'm like, hey, Jason, Glenn, and Moose, the camera guys, you might remember us from the World Series, and he just kind of looks in, and he goes. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> we were just like, yeah. So you guys kind of lucked out when you won that World Series, huh? And he, he like he really wanted to answer and go back and forth, and we were like, oh yeah, and congratulations on getting Mookie Betts. And then like one of the one of the, the Harvard moderator kids was like, okay, okay, that's enough. Thank you. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> I said, "Oh, we still haven't gotten those offers to become camera guys for Ozark." 
And he's like, did I promise you guys that? He's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely, I'll have my people reach out to your yeah. people. And then this one, the, the Harvard guy cut him off again. He's like, okay, let's ask, let's, anybody else with another Does anybody question? else have a question? Anybody, anybody else with another question? And, but we got, we got our time with him. We got our yeah, time. Yeah, we him. got our, we got our quarry. Yeah, oh, I love that. I can't wait for round three. Like this, this is going to be a perfect yeah. discount. Whenever you see him next, go to Rams game or yeah. if, if the Smartless podcast comes back on tour, there's a chance. Celtics right. Lakers, yeah. Celtics Lakers. Oh yeah, Christmas yeah, Day coming up. Right, right. Yeah. He does like to sit courtside. Yeah, you guys go courtside. Oh yeah, we would we. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the camera guys. We used to do some animated ones, and so yeah. <laughs> one of our one of our favorites was the Dustin Pedroia one. Oh God! Where what, what year was it, Glenn? Uh, it was 08. 08, 08 in Anaheim. In Anaheim. Yeah. Yep. So so we the game starts, and we're like, where do we go to sit? You know, and the usher was like. Oh, right, right this way, gentlemen. And he takes us down to the front row, first baseline. Like right, right behind the photo pit. Like, yeah, yeah. Incredible seats. Yeah, we're like, okay, oh, okay, yeah. Act like yeah, we belong before. here. Yeah, a waiter, garçon, you know, like, <laughs> we're like, can we get one of those drinks with an umbrella in it, please? So we're just, we're sitting there, like, eating popcorn. Like, this is amazing, right? And they're getting there. They are just getting their heads oh, they got knocked smoked. in. Smoked. It was like eleven to two or something. Like yeah. smoked. So somebody had just hit a home run. He's rounding the base. Tory Hunter. <laughs> Tory Hunter. There you go. And all of a sudden, like you could just see Pedroia just kind of like doing like one of these, like ah. And he just he looks over and whatever, and we're like, oh, Pedroia looks pissed, huh? You know, and like yeah. So the next day they have their workout. We're sitting in the dugout, and he comes. Remember, Glenn. <laughs> He comes like, like he always did. He comes flying out the dugout steps to go to go do his walkout, his workout. He's in uniform at like eight in the morning, and he he just like stops. Like he was in like a dead sprint. He stops, and he looks over at us like this, and he goes, "Yeah." So I watch Tory Hunter crush a bomb, and I look over and I see you two assholes in the front row. That didn't make it any better. <laughs> and he just like, like runs out and starts and doing And he goes, work. and then he stops again and he goes, do you guys even work? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And it really was, you don't even try to answer him. You're just like, oh, no. <coughs> I know, Dustin. I know. Yeah, so, you're yeah. right. You're right, Dustin. Right. Laser show. Oh, the best. Look, I wanted to just have story time. And the fact that I think we got in all four major sports in Boston, Jason Bateman, made an appearance. Yeah. Somehow the David Andrews love only lasted 10 minutes. Odds were on FanDuel that it would have yeah. gone uh, much higher. This yeah. was awesome. <laughs> I don't know uh, if I'm going to the owners meetings or if you guys are going to, but we will do this again here coming up uh, one more time. Oh, that would be awesome, Andrew. Because cool, this is uh, this has been fantastic. This has been one of the best episodes. Thank you so much. Here. It was a yeah. blast. You yeah, no, we have, between us, we have about 50 years of story, so we're always we always have a good we always like story time and and a fistful of head hair. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. We all have the very very same handsome haircut. This is definitely yeah. a bit more handsome yeah. episode that I've had here. Yeah, uh, excellent. All right, Bill Glenn, it's been fantastic. I will see you uh, tomorrow, bright and early, for Bill yep. choking Nine us from the availability. Walking in, stormtroopers and everything. Thank you, sirs. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew.